Hey there, hey! <laughs> Welcome to the Spooky Stoners Podcast. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Dina. Thank you for joining us for our 11th episode. On this podcast, we talk about witchy and spooky shit that we love to talk about and hopefully you love to listen to. So, in short, we talk about crystals, spells, true crime, ghosts, and much, much more. Maybe that's not so short. <laughs> um, and as the title of our podcast suggests, we do this all while smoking a little weed. Um, just to add a little extra entertainment, a little bit of glitter, a little bit of pizzazz. 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 <laughs> because, you know, it's funner. <laughs> funner. More fun. More fun. The best. The bestest. Sorry, there's something in my eyeball. I told you I had stage fright today. You did not tell me that. I said I, I was nervous and you said no. Because there's something in my eyeball. <laughs> you told me you were nervous like two seconds before I press record. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you're Dina, Gryffindor Dina. Yeah, I'm not actually nervous. No. Ever. Ever. I'm not okay. familiar with that feeling. Yeah. So, we are smoking Minty Haze. I'm going to say for Move. Yes, it was. Oh, okay. Um, which we are feeling really good right now. Yeah. We're I feeling feel fantastic about that decision. Yeah. That's a very good choice. I, it's one of my better ones. It's <laughs> one of my better choices. <laughs> I haven't made that many in my lifetime, but you know, choosing Minty Haze was a great one. Yeah. But something that I'm upset about is I did not win the Mega Million Lottery, Aww, which man. was 1.25 billion. And I literally, of course, you know, when this happens two weeks from now, uh, you're going to be like, someone won it already. Or maybe I've won it already. <gasps> hey. So actually, since this is in the future, Lindsay won the lottery. We'll see. And this is me in the future saying that Lindsay won the lottery. Of course, I wouldn't actually, if I did win, I wouldn't actually say it on the podcast because then all those people come out of the woodwork and be like, hey, remember that one time? Oh. That I bought you pizza. You see, you owe me twenty bucks now. I told my son to focus his energy on you winning the lottery too, and he said I want to focus it on you winning the lottery, mom. And I was like, well, I don't play the lottery. Yeah. So, but I bet if Lindsay wins, she'd let us ride along to Disney World. Yeah, we'll do a girls trip with with, you know, with the kids. With the kids. He's he's not a girl. Yeah, I know, but he, he still hangs out with us. Yeah. All the and time. he saw the Barbie movie and loved it. Yeah. So good choices. And then also, like, I did, like, the incense. I had, like, the rocks, the crystals. I had the intention. I burnt my intention crystal. Not intention crystal. Yeah, I was going to say, don't burn your crystals. That sounds... Intention candle. Like a terrible idea. Don't do it. It's a one-time deal. Yeah. As soon as you burn it, it's gone. Yeah, it's really gone. (laughs) I did yard work today. Yeah. And it was horrible. And I hated it. Yeah. I cleaned the pool. It decided to build its own ecosystem. Mine did too. And now I'm really sunburned. I've had to clean it like three times in four days. Like try to vacuum it because there's so much algae in the bottom of it. It's been ick lately. It's been ick. But it's almost done. I just checked it before we started recording. And it looks a lot better. There's still a little bit of algae. But I think like one more vacuum, it should be good. Good. With my little impromptu vacuum that Philip made me. Which is literally like... Um, like a vacuum attachment uh-huh. and a water hose. <laughs> oh, cool. Hey, it works. It works. 
It'll do. It works. So. It's not my turn yet. Oh, so I needed to actually, before we get into maybe stuff, maybe Maybe I should start with like, Dina, teach me something witchy. No, because I'm not doing that right now. Okay. First, I have to tell you that I think the podcast exists in another time and space. Because <laughs> you keep yelling at me for not listening to it. And it it doesn't come up. It just, it's so weird. When mm-hmm. I'm not here in this space, it doesn't exist. Yeah. It's so strange to me. And I think, I think podcast is a parallel universe. Maybe. It's a different universe than the one, the other one. Well, yeah. we have to go every day. I'm, I'm our number one fan because I keep on playing it. Whoop, whoop. And we only have one listener. Me. Yay. But it's fine. Actually, uh, as I was investigating our uh, this episode, the subject that I'm about to follow, not follow, the subject I'm about to talk about, uh-huh. I was looking at a podcast and all the podcasts had the subject in their title. And so I'm going to start changing our titles to where it has the actual subject in it so maybe yeah. people can find us yay and i'm about to start spamming a lot of witchy facebook groups with our podcast i say that but i probably actually am not because i'm also still moving and still doing all that stuff yeah yeah we have like real lives that are really in the way so maybe next month it's so rude though yeah like well that's why i need to win the mega million yeah so that like then I have more time to invest in this podcast because I would still keep this podcast going because yeah. I love doing it so much. Um, but we'd have like better equipment. Yeah. And we would have like probably more people involved. Yeah. I would have a social media handler. Handler? No. Uh, manager? Manager. You know, so that I don't have to worry about like, you know, posting and then being like, I'm going to post and then forget because that happens quite often. Mm-hmm. Out of our. Nine episodes we have posted so far. I have not posted on Instagram twice for them. Oops. Because I, it, like, I, I won't do it the whole day. Uh-huh. And then I will, um, towards the end of the night, then I'm like, well, we don't have any listeners, so I'm not even going to, like, worry. We don't even have any Instagram followers yet. Still. I'm following us on Instagram. I know that. Yeah, but you know our podcast comes out on it. Well, obviously not, actually. Yeah. Obviously. Maybe if I had an Instagram post about it, I would go listen. So, huh. My uh-huh. Instagram po- uh You didn't listen when I do post. Okay. Shh. That's <laughs> fair. But also. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't actually shush you. I okay. was fake shushing you. Well, I, I know. I was shush shushing you, but also not shushing you. But I had nothing to add to the subject, oh. so. You're, we're, okay. So, Dina, teach us something witchy. I will. So, <laughs> this episode comes out Monday, August 21st. Guess what happens Wednesday, August 23rd? What? <gasps> Mercury retrograde. Yay! What yes, does it actually mean? So, what it actually scientifically means is that Mercury and Earth are in points in their orbit where, to us, from our perspective, it looks like Mercury is moving backwards in the sky. Okay. So it's normally moving one direction, right? And for whatever reason, where it's at in its orbit of the sun, and where we're at in our orbit of the sun, four times a year, it makes it look like it's moving the opposite direction. 
I feel like that happens like every other week because I feel like every yeah. time something happens, everyone's like Mercury's in retrograde, and I'm like, didn't that already happen? So it happens for three weeks, four times a year. Oh shit! No yeah. wonder why. Yeah, that's like so, four whole months almost. Yeah, it feels like a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. So like in my head, I'm like thinking about like the solar system, like the little ones that we used to do in science class in elementary school with like yeah. little. And I'm like, how does it go backwards? So it's. So if you're standing, well, okay, they can't see us. No, they can't. But, you know, here's the sun. Okay. Here's us going around. Yeah. And since we stand in one spot, Mercury, this is the sun now. Here's the sun. Okay, there's the sun. I'm putting my So here's the, the earth going around, and Mercury is inside of our orbit, okay. right? So sometimes we're going like this, and Mercury's going so fast that it looks like she's moving backwards like okay. if we're here and she's here to us it'll or or she'll be over here she's just the way it all works okay because everyone's orbit is stupid and elliptical and not actually round okay so it just causes funky things to happen got it but that being said that's the scientific answer Holy shit. Of what's going on. I just realized I'm closing on my house on the 24th. I am doing it in the middle of Mercury retrograde. But. Not the best decision ever. I have some. Here. Well, first we'll go over like what Mercury retrograde is. Continue. So. It goes here. You can see it here. But um, it goes basically backwards in the sky. Okay. And because Mercury. Y'all, it looks like uh, the way you're supposed to run away from an alligator, like zigzagging. Yeah, exactly. That's what Mercury's doing. Yeah. Yeah. So the retrograde significance is for, because all the planets actually have retrograde periods for us. Mercury is just the one that we hear about the most because it goes retrograde the most often because it has such a small um, orbit. Got it. Around because it's inside our orbit, even. Okay, so it's like, closer to the sun than we are. So if two planets, so two planets can be in retrograde at the same time. Oh yeah, all the time. So is that like double trouble? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, some planet retrogrades are just feel different, or they go on for like six months, and so it's more just like a huge overhaul. Oh, okay. Kind of feeling where it's like, in the next six months, I will be here. That okay. Kind of stuff. But Mercury is just three weeks. Got it. So, which, so here's why all this is interesting. Though. Because, so, what, how long does it take to make a break ahead? 30 days? 21 days. Oh, 21? That's how long Mercury's retrograde for. Okay. So, retrogrades are a good time for kind of like whatever the planet is associated with, take a close look at that. So Mercury is associated with like communication and our thoughts and stuff. Okay. But if you think communication and like your lungs, it's a great time to smoke. Okay. Stuff like that. I wonder if that's why everyone thinks Mercury retrograde is so bad. It's because one of the biggest flaws in any relationship is mm -hmm. communication. Exactly. So if you don't like focus on communication right. those three weeks... Everything gets fucked. Exactly. Like, like, don't communicate to your boss that you took the day off. You might get fired. Right. You don't communicate to your spouse that y'all had a date. Someone's going to be pissed. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's, 
it's kind of like a good time for your shadow work, which is a buzzword. Yeah, we still haven't. We still haven't really covered it, but it's it's. You look at your flaws. Did we actually discuss what shadow work is? A little. Shadow work is mostly just looking at your flaws and figuring out how to work with them. Okay. So, like, it's just kind of evaluating your situation. Right. So, I've got a list of Mercury retrograde do's and a list of don'ts. Okay. Are you ready? Got oh, it. no. <laughs> Do read and thoroughly review all contracts, legal documents, and important written correspondence before signing. Don't. Purchase new electronics, vehicles, move to another country, or buy or sell a new home. Too late. <laughs> so, I mean, I've already signed the contract, really. Yeah, so you're good. I you're mean, fine. I have to sign to close, but yeah, that's, it's already... Yeah, that's just the final step. It's I'll fine. just make sure I communicate with my villager really, really good. Yeah, and read it. That's a lot of pages. So do pause and breathe before speaking. Every time. Yes. Is that how this podcast is going to work every time? Like, yeah. What was there? Some movie where they tell some guy to count to three before he starts talking, and then they're doing it, and then the person I don't remember. Whatever. Anyway. I know that um, when I was following the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, uh-huh. the lawyers were talking about like how to be a good witness, and one of the things that they said was uh, when you wit when you're a witness. After the lawyer asks you a question, wait three seconds, then answer. Interesting. Because one of the witnesses was, like, taking forever to answer questions. And everyone was like, what the fuck is wrong with her? And, like, actually, uh, like, legal bites. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, yeah, that's actually a good thing. Because it's making you think about your response before you actually answer. Yeah. That's true. Okay. More do's and don'ts. Do review all emails and documents before sending. Because we've all not sent that attachment. All the time. All the time. Don't give promises that it is hard for you to fulfill. Um, isn't that what we always do? Yeah, we're moms. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go get ice cream. Um, and it's raining, it's cold, it's hot, it's... No. <laughs> Never mind. And then it says do... Back up all of your digital data and don't complain in every situation. This is just silly stuff. But yeah, so the biggest takeaways for Mercury Retrograde are just take it slow. Take it slow. Take Make every sure. day slow. Make sure you're reading and comprehending whatever you're reading and trying to be as direct with your communication as you possibly can. Great. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, as far as, like, physically, I feel like a lot of times during Mercury Retrograde, physically everyone feels just a little bit more sluggish and, like, nah, Like, ick. Well, it's probably because, as moms, we're probably not communicating our needs. Probably so. And so we're taking on so much, so then we're exhausted, and then we're mad because we're exhausted, and so then we're just exhausted from being mad. And it's a whole... All grumpasaurus all the time. Yeah. You know, it is some grumpy bitches. Yeah. Anyway. You've got 12 pages of notes. I do. It's going to be a long one. I'm ready. Okay. Um, he was on The Masked Singer. Oh, really? Yes. It was hilarious. hilarious. Sorry. 
That tangent. <laughs> I'm going to have to, like, Google You're going to have to now. look that up, because it was pretty great. Yeah. I can only imagine how great that is. He was at Pensacom one year. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay. So, this is a William Shatner movie. It was called Crash, and it focused on the crash itself and the rescue of the passengers. That, by the way, uh, 1970 movies are so overdramatic. Yeah. Like, I was watching these movies, and uh, there was a scene where Eastern Airlines announced that the plane crashed at the airport, and everyone on in the screen was, like, frailing around, screaming, crying, thinking, <laughs> all the things. And I don't disagree that that happened. You know, I definitely think that people were upset and all this stuff, because, you know, there was their families were there ready to pick them up. Oh, yeah. And, you know, of course, I don't think the airport would have announced it on the intercom that the, the plane crashed. <laughs> yeah, also. Um, I think they were just like, how are we going to bring this up? Let's just announce it over the intercom. In yeah. The movie. But it was almost like the director was like, hey, y'all, that last take was okay, but let's take this up to like 10,000%. <laughs> um, it was just so over dramatic. And that wasn't the only scene that it happened in. Uh, but you can have your own take on it because you can see both these movies on YouTube for free. Oh, nice. Yeah, but be warned that it was 1978. The quality of the movies aren't that great. There's a couple times that the scenes were, like, super dark, and I was like, I can't even tell what fucking happened. Uh, can we talk about the fact that the 70s were 50 years ago? Yeah. That's not accurate. 50 years ago was the 50s in my brain. Yeah. Like, blows my mind that the 70s were 50 years ago I don't even think that far because like I'm not I was born in the 80s so I'm just like nope not yet you're real old I'm real old um I was born in the 90s my mom she keeps telling me like oh yeah that's from the 1900s mm -hmm. because like all of my stuff is from the 1900s yeah and I'm like can you stop with that she thinks it's hilarious (laughs) because it's from the 1900s and I'm like shut up Stop making me feel so old. Yeah, but there's 1900s and then there's 1990s. <laughs> no, no, the 19 that is the 1900s. I know, but at the same time, like, but yeah, no, it's a big difference. Right, but she's trying to make me feel old. One was like forcing like she's not older than me. Yeah, one was like well, the 1990s are part of the 1900s. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm following what you're saying, but like it's the difference between horse and carriage and then Y2K. Yeah, big difference. Yeah, but she's no, she's the worst. Okay, so let me get back to my references. Yes, sorry. It's fine. Um, I searched Flight 401 on Audible, like I said, mm-hmm. and found a crazy number of podcasts that are covering this. Um, I also found some new favorite podcasters along the way. So shout out to Astonishing Legends and Haunting Florida, Haunted Florida. Mm. Uh, I'm definitely going to add them to my podcast rotation. That um, Haunted Florida, it's like a quick... I don't know. It might have been a 15-minute episode. It wasn't that much, but mm-hmm. it was, like, enough information to be like, ooh, that happened in Florida? Yeah. That's a good topic topic to continue to investigate. So that's why I like that one. And then Astonishing Legends, they did a whole hour-and-a-half podcast on this. Nice. And then not only that, but they were, like, in their descriptions, they were also putting, like, extra links to, like, to stuff more information to the crash. Yeah. Um, so I just love the way that they like kind of outlined it and how they explained it, everything like that. So those are a couple of the places where I got information from. So let's dive in okay. and go back to December 29th. 
1972. Uh, Flight 401 was a Lockhead L-1011 TriStar with Eastern Airlines, and this was a fancy jet, unlike airplanes today, which the main goal is to cram as many people as possible and on a flight. Right. Um, it was, this is like the golden age of air travel in the 70s, wasn't it? It was like you got dressed up to get on the plane. and Yeah, definitely. Um, cute. And it was considered, quote, luxury among the clouds. Yeah. So definitely goes with that whole luxury mm-hmm. idea of flying. Have um, a martini on the flight. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can still have one, but it would be like I one of those little but yeah. plastic cups. Yeah. Okay. Peasant cups. <laughs> <laughs> so, flying is so not fancy anymore. It's not. It's so like it's it's, it's sardine. So, you're a sardine. Yeah, and it's like, dude, this is so not enjoyable. I'd much rather drive. And eh, I mean, I like. It's I, annoying because it takes so long to drive. Yeah, but like, it's you could rent a car and it's twenty times fancier than the plane. Yes, but like. You're more likely to die in the car. You are more likely to get in a crash in the car, for sure. Yeah. Um, Then I guess this is a good point of saying, hey, if you're flying right now, probably not the best time to listen to this episode. So press that pause button. Yeah, maybe come come back back later. When you get back home. It's like watching Castaway while on the plane. What if they did that? What if they showed Castaway on a plane? (laughs) I'm sure. I'm I'm sure they do. It's now, like, not like that way. You can choose Castaway because they have those little... TVs on the back of... Oh, you can head- choose your own movie yeah, now? you choose your own. I saw that. I live literally in the woods. <laughs> yeah, because uh, <laughs> last July when I flew, like, uh, I watched Uncharted with Tom Holland. Ooh, nice. It was so great. And then, like, I came home and I was like, girl, we have to watch this again. It's <laughs> so good. He's just... He's so cute. He's so dreamy. He's so cute. He He's so looks like I would break him in half. Yeah. I, I can't with the skinny guy anymore. Like, not skinny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Smaller than me. I'm like, well, he is I also feel like I'm going to crush you like a bug. He's also super young for us. How old is he? And he's dating Zendaya. So like, <laughs> yeah, what are, what, what are us next is Zendaya? <laughs> like she literally is a goddess. She so is. are we, but we're different goddesses than her. Yes. She is. If that's his type of goddess, we are not the type of goddess he wants. <laughs> no. So some of the features that was on this plane. Um, had some of the most groundbreaking technology at the time, including all auto like pilot. a watch. <laughs> Just kidding, sorry. <laughs> Got a clock on there. Hot damn. Okay, we're in nineteen seventies, not nineteen hundreds. Yeah, so it's the nineteen hundreds, though. Yeah. Anyway, um, it included air autopilot, a below deck galley that hoisted, hoisted. I like that word. Uh, culinary treats below, or, oh my gosh, let me try that out. Okay, a below deck galley that hoisted culinary treat deck, treats deck by a outing. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna have to try this with my own words because my notes suck. Okay, so basically, there was a below deck galley, uh huh, and they had elevators that you could take, like these culinary treats, like filet mignon, up to like the actual floor where. Nice. All the passengers were. That's there we go. That makes a whole lot more sense than what I was doing. Okay. Can you imagine getting a filet mignon on a plane today? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. I don't know. Better even... it would be like an MRE filet mignon. <laughs> Ew. 
<laughs> it's meat paste. Yeah, it's, it was meat at one point in time. <laughs> and then we just now just don't it. ask what yeah, it is. Exactly. It's mystery meat now. Um, it had extra wide aisles and large overhead bins. Um, and then I also heard somewhere that there was a bar at the back of the plane, which was super swanky. Oh my gosh. So yeah, you can get that martini. Yeah. No, it's, um, in, there's, uh, what is it called? Sex in the City. They go somewhere and there's a bar on the plane. What? Yeah. And I was like, wait, that was like, they go to like Abu Dhabi or something. So it's like a transatlantic flight. Oh, okay. But still. I don't know. Like I, I haven't flown anything. Like the farthest I've flown was Utah. So, and there, and not only that, but I was under the age of 21. So even if a dad had a bar, I did not know about it. Here's what we do. And here's how we convince your husband to let us do it. Okay. For research, we're going to have to take a transatlantic flight now. Yeah. To see if they have a bar on the plane. And we have to go to London. We're going to just have to. I don't know how to get around it. We'll go to London. Yes. So that we can do all the Harry Potter stuff. And go see like the original two day, full day Broadway Show. I don't know what is it in London if it's not Broadway. It's um. It is. Anyway. No, I know what it is. Oh no. It'll come to me. Okay. Continue talking. Anyway. I'll think of it. But yeah, we'll go see like the cursed child in its original thing that's eight hours long because we'll be in London. So on. I know what it's called. It's so annoying. I have to Google it. Okay. Well, I'm frustrated about it now. West End. The West End. Oh, yes. Teens book. I knew that. Gosh. That was annoying. I knew that. I knew that too. I didn't realize it. Anyway. (laughs) On to the story. Uh, The plane already had a flight earlier that day. It was operating as flight 164, Miami to JFK. This flight happened with only two minor issues, which were fixed when it landed. And then flight 401 took off at 9.20 p.m. And from JFK? From JFK to Miami. Okay, so they're just going back and forth. Yeah, they're just going back and forth. That's what kind of happens with those things. They mm-hmm. kind of do like a rotation. Yeah. So that, you know, they don't abandon crew members in one city. They get to go back home. Oh, yeah, that's nice of them. Yeah. I don't think they really do that now. I, I think they're just like, yeah, it's like to be you, that's all. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I've never... I was actually telling Wendy that um, she should be a um, a flight a, attendant. A flight attendant. They're that not called so a flight cool, attendant, though. but like I told her she should. Do if you that. didn't have like kids and yeah, all that, yeah, yeah, why oh not God. go travel, <gasps> go see all the stuff? That's what we should do when our kids are grown. We'll just be flight attendants, like one of Patrick in that movie. I don't know what movie you're talking about, but yes, yes. that sounds great. And then we scared of flying. And then we can go to London. And then we can go to London. And we'll know if the plane has a bar. And we'll know if the plane... There we go. We don't have to spend money. We'll just become flight attendants when our kids grow up. Boom. Plan made. Okay. So, uh, there were 13 crew members on this flight. The captain was Robert Albin Bob Loft. Uh, He was age 55. um, And he had been with the airlines for 32 years. Uh, There was first officer... Albert John Burt Stockstill, who was 39, and flight engineer Donald Lewis Don Repo, at, uh, he was 51, and between these three guys, they had over 51,000 flight hours, with 637 of those hours being on the L-1011, which 
is this plane. So they right. had, everyone in the cockpit had tons of experience under their belt before taking this flight. There was also 10 flight attendants on the plane. Then That's I, a lot. Yeah. Everyone, every podcast I listen to, everyone's like, 10? Yeah. That's like, a lot. You're lucky if you get like three. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. But, Why? But it was a different time. How many How many seats are on this plane? I don't know. 10 people. There was 163 passengers. Okay. But still. But you have to think, they had a bar. Yeah. So you have to have a... A bartender. A stewardess for a bartender. You probably had to have, like, your own two people for first class. Someone's got to be cooking down there in that galley and putting things on the elevator. Exactly. They They actually did have galley stewardess. Right. Too. So, I mean, I guess back then it makes sense. You know, it wasn't like today where basically stewardess, I mean, <laughs> they give you the safety briefing and then they don't talk to you again. <laughs> props for them. They still have to deal with crazy people. Yeah, that's true. Um, but like, you know, basically, if you're lucky, you get drinks and a snack. Yeah. And, and then customer facing valley trash. Yeah. And then like, you know, then they collect trash before you land. Yeah. So it's not really, I don't feel like it's as customer service oriented as it used to be. Yeah. So additionally to these 13 people, um, our crew members, there was an additional technical officer, Angelo Diondio. Diondio? Don Adio. Donadio? Donadio. Okay, we'll go with that. Who was returning to Miami from an assignment in New York. And was officially off duty. So I guess there was times when you had to, you got stuck in a city and you had to get like, bum a ride home. (laughs) Um, So there was, like I said, 163 passengers on board. So the total number of people on the plane was 176. Uh, The event, the flight was, by the way, this is when we're going to start getting dark. Okay. The flight was uneventful until 11.32 p.m. when Flight 401 approached Miami International Airport. First Officer Stillstock lowered the landing gear. However, the light that indicated the landing gear at the nose of the plane didn't light up. So he lifted and dropped the landing gear again, and no dice, still no light. And at this point, Captain Loft called the control tower and told them that they were having some issues, and the control Tower told Captain Loft to stay in a holding pattern, and he set the plane to autopilot to circle the Everglades, uh, 2,000 feet altitude. Everglades. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you know, earlier this week, she was like, hey, I'm I'm doing, like, these, t- wait, tinctures? It's the tincture drops, and the one that I got from Fluent Dispensary, one of them is called Everglade Haze, and the reviews of that, someone said they were a new user. And they used 0.2, or they said that, they said in their review, they forgot their decimal and said that they did 25 mLs. So I thought I could do three. And I think what they meant was 0.25 mLs because I could not do three. It was not, it was She called me bad. crying. It was bad. Like, yeah. I was like it cry was laughing bad. though because I knew I was fine. Like in my logical brain. Mm-hmm. My logical, there was a little like logical voice in my brain that was like, you're okay. Yeah. And so it was like, Dina, calm down. But yeah, she told me like that she was 
doing Everglades, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, because this happens every time. Like, she guesses what the episode, like, but I subject don't. matters of the episode before I release it. And I'm just like... I said something about a plane earlier. Yeah, too. you said something about a plane earlier, and I was like, stop it. Can't even, like, talk to you. <laughs> okay, so, uh, that's what they did. They did autopilot, circled the Everglades at 2,000 feet altitude. And as they are in this holding pattern, Captain Locke tells flight engineer Don Repo to go under the avionics bay beneath the flight deck and manually see if the landing gear is down. Um, that way they can ignore the landing gear light that isn't working and go ahead and land. Uh, Don was having a hard time checking the landing gear, probably because he only had like 53 years, uh, 53 years, oh my gosh. 53 hours on this type of plan and was still unfamiliar with it. Mm-hmm. That's just my guess. That's my little tidbit that I'm going to add to this podcast. Yeah. He probably hasn't had to check it that way. Yeah, exactly. Other than maybe in training. Exactly. So it's, it's one of those things like when you haven't done it every day, we do that all the time at work. Oh, yeah. I'm constantly calling you and being yeah. like, hey, how, how do I do this? Yep. Um. So technical officer Angelo DiNato. Mm-hmm. Uh, who wasn't even on the clock, went down there with him to try and help him out. And it was during all these interactions that things start going wrong. Because even though autopilot was activated at 2,000 feet altitude, the yoke, or in layman's term, the steering wheel, was nudged, which deactivated the autopilot. Oh, no. And the plane gradually dropped altitude, so gradual that no one noticed at first. Because it's dark, they're over the Everglades, you don't see any light. Um, so the altitude warning light, the altitude warning located under the engineer's workstation was triggered. However, the engineer, Don, was in the aviotics bay. Right. And Captain Loft and First Officer Stillman were still too occupied with trying to figure out why the landing gear light wasn't turning on. So they didn't hear it. First officer Stockstill finally realized something was happening when he started to take another turn because they were just circling the Everglades mm-hmm. this whole time. And he noticed that the altitude wasn't correct. Uh, this was what was recovered from the flight voice recorder. And if y'all want to hear it yourself, you can find it on YouTube. I found it on, I heard it on a legendary. Uh, oh my gosh, do we get parts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, no, I was going to read the whole thing. Oh, okay. We can do voices. Okay, whatever. Um, what's the podcast that I said? Oh, Astonishing Legends. Yes. Astonishing Legends, they have the recording too. So that's how I heard it. Um, so, but it's kind of heavy because this is literally the last moments of people's lives that we're hearing. So, okay. Do you want me to take stock still and you can take loft? Okay. Okay, so I'll, I'll pay, I'll be like... What was it? First officer and you... Play. I'm the captain? Captain. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. We did something to the altitude. What? We're still at 2,000 feet, right? Hey, what's happening here? That's it. Oh. It's at this point, you start hearing beeping in the cockpit, cockpit and then the crash. Oh. Yeah, so like... They had no time whatsoever. Oh my gosh. To react to this. Um, because at that point when Stockstill, I don't think I have this in my notes, but when Stockstill noticed that the altitude rose wrong, 
they were only 900 feet from the ground from yeah that was yeah. their altitude um so they didn't have enough time to react right so at 11:42 p.m. eastern airlines flight 401 crashed 18.7 miles west northwest of miami international airport the airplane was traveling 227 miles per hour and scattered wreckage over an area of 1600 feet yikes okay so when the plane crashed, Robert Bud Marquise was out frog gigging, aka frog hunting. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing, frog gigging. You didn't? No, I did not. You ain't never been gigging frogs. No. Girl. Is that something y'all do in Texas? Because that sounds like a Louisiana no, thing. No, it's not something you can do in Texas. In Texas, it's all rocks. There's no frogs. Oh, okay. No, you do it here in the swamp. Okay. That's a Florida thing for sure. Okay. Well, I mean, they were in the Everglades. In yeah. Swampy. Yeah, there's frogs. So he was frog gigging when he witnessed the crash. He rushed to the crash site to see if he could help. Bud recalls coming to the crash site and just seeing bodies everywhere. Ew. He pulled survivors from the water and fer- ferried rescuers out to the crash site. Um, Bud received burns on his face, arms, and legs a result of spilled jet fuel, but continued to help until the next day. Uh, the, ghost co- the Coast Guard was called, but had trouble finding the wreckage because it was so dark. Yeah, and it it's like, the Everglades. Yeah, and it's the it's, Everglades. I mean, people have trouble finding their way in the light in the Everglades. Yeah, so uh, Bud was using his headlamp to help signal them, um, and then also they were also finding trouble... Finding somewhere to land because yet again, the again, swamp Uh Eight flight attendants survived the crash and despite their injuries, helped other survivors and kept a cool head by warning survivors of the danger of striking matches due to jet fuel. That Why part- would they? Well, part of me was like, duh, of course you wouldn't light a match, but at the same time, there was no light out there. Oh yeah, it's dark. It was... And they all smoke. It's the 70s. Yeah, I mean... There was a smoking section on the plane, too. Yeah. Um, there was no light from the moon at the time. And um, at the time, flight attendants weren't required to have flashlights. So, like, it wasn't like nowadays where we have flashlights on our phones that obviously yeah. swamp. Your phone probably died. Um, but so, like, they didn't have any light. So the flight attendants and survivors, they were singing Christmas carols to keep up hope and draw the rescuers' team's attention. And the last group that was rescued at 3.30 a.m. December 30th, almost four hours after the crash. So. How many people survived? Well. Total. I didn't write that part. Mm. I think it was 75. That's pretty good. I, I do I do have that like 101 people died due to this crash. So. So like 70 lived. Yeah. That's a pretty good ratio, though. It was. 176 people on the plane. So, yeah, 75. I was right. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing how many people survived. Yeah. And they think that because uh, it was swamp and the and ground like was soft, yeah. that that might have helped. Um, they were also saying, I didn't write this in my notes, but they were also saying that the mud was actually caking over people's injuries, so they weren't, like, bleeding out. 
But at yeah. the same time, it was kind of like not a great thing because also the gross water was causing infections too. Yeah, there's jet fuel in that mud. Yeah, exactly. And, and a lot of people were getting burn marks. Like it was so bad that people were like butt naked because the crash like blew their clothes off. Yeah. Um, but I mean, 75 people survived and that's still amazing. That's, uh, that is really good. So out of the four people in the cockpit, um, and the avionics bay, only technical officer Angelo Donato survived that. I feel like that's kind of appropriate because he wasn't even like, yeah, he's not even on the clock, man. He He can't kill him. Yeah. That would be super messed up. Like, yeah. man, I done clocked out. I'm not dealing with this. Yeah. And I was just trying to help. The universe is just like, that's fair, man. Yeah. You ain't even on the clock. It's fine. Yeah. You good. Um, and most of the dead uh, were passengers in the aircraft's midsection, where the wings huh. were. Oh, yeah. Um, the turbines. Yeah, it could be that, or it could have been just that's where the jet fuel is, too. Yeah, so they, like, exploded yeah. a little bit. Well, I, I have no idea. But um, some of the passengers that didn't make it actually didn't die due to the crash, but from drowning, um, which yeah. for some reason makes me really sad. Like, that would suck to survive a plane crash and then drown. Yeah. And not only that, but, like, this wasn't the best area to have a car uh, car crash. A plane crash. A plane crash. Because, like, there's alligators. There's yeah. snakes. There, it's water. You know, it's in the middle of nowhere. Um, a lot of people, like one of the, the, the captain actually, he died not due to the crash, but he died, um, before that he could be rescued. Oh. So like, that was a legit thing. Like people weren't getting rescued fast enough. Like, like the Titanic. Like the Titanic. Another horrible situation. I wonder if there's, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's ever any ghost stories about the Titanic. Well, it's kind of in the middle of really nowhere. No well, one's hanging out. And the people who do well, hang out get exploded, too. <laughs> save that thought. Save that thought. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe it was the ghosts of the Titanic. Yeah. That they... exploded them billionaires. Yeah. Maybe the ghosts were like, excuse you? Coming down here bothering us. But yeah, hold that thought about, like, ghosts and Titanic. Because that just got me down a, a different rabbit hole. Okay. Okay. So, uh, to wrap... To wrap, to rub some salt into the very depressing part of this podcast, investigators into the crash discovered that the landing gear was indeed down, uh, and that the issue was a twelve dollar light bulb. Oh man. Yeah. Um. Okay. So now that we got the groundwork laid out, yes, let's go to the paranormal side of things because we love a good paranormal story. And, and it's the Everglades, so it's already creepy AF. And Flight 401 delivers. Huh? Good job, Flight 401. So, starting in 1974, so two years after the wreck, okay. apparitions of Captain Bob Loft and flight engineer Don Repo started to show up on other L-1011 planes. These apparitions seem to be so real that passengers and even the vice president of Eastern Airlines thought they were real pilots on the plane. The plane. Um, at least until they disappeared, or in the case of the vice president, he recognized Captain Bob Lock. Oh, so he he and they're on the planes. They're on the planes. Oh my gosh! So that goes back to the lighthouse, man. 
I am not going to spend my whole life with plant people or my afterlife. Yeah. If I got to stay at work after I die, I'm going to be so mad. Yeah. So there's a ton of stories that came out, came from the planes. Wait, no, no, no. Yeah. There are a ton of stories that came from the planes. And I know I'm already running over on time. Um, nah, you good. Not, not quite yet. But by the time I'm done with this, I'm sure we will be. Um, so I'm just going to share my favorites. Okay. Right. Okay. So a flight attendant was in the galley, in the galley, when she saw Don's face in the oven door. She called a fellow crew member in to confirm what she was seeing, and he repeated to them, Don repeated to them, or reportedly said to them, that's what the word is, watch out for fires on this planet. Then on the return flight, the engine failed and had to be shut down before it caught on fire. So, yeah. Ooh! Another time... Oh, Captain Bob, looking out. Yeah. Good for him. So, another time, a flight engineer came on board to do the pre-flight checks. Uh, when he went into the cockpit, Bob was already sitting in there and told the flight engineer he knew he needed... Wait. He didn't need to worry about the pre-flight. The flight engineer was so unnerved that he canceled the flight altogether. He was like, <laughs> no... Screw this. I that would be you as a flight engineer. Oh, You're like, yeah, there's a ghost on that plane. We're not going anywhere. We ain't going anywhere. Nobody's going anywhere. This is some final destination shit. Yeah. I'm not dealing with it. Okay. <laughs> so this is my last si- story of sightings on the plane. There's a whole bunch more. And if you would like to hear them on, you can hear them on Astonishing Podcast. Blah, blah, blah. Let me try that. See, this is why I can't smoke and do a podcast. Like no. the words do not work. It's doing great. Okay. There are a whole bunch more stories. And if you'd like to hear them, you can go to the Astonishing Legends podcast or the show Ghost of Flight 401. Okay. So this is the story. One day while in the cockpit, cockpit, a pilot. Cock. Huh. I know. I think that's what it's making. Cock. Messing me up. Because I keep, keep on saying have cock. Cock, 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 cock. <laughs> okay, so one day while in the cockpit, a pilot heard loud knocks from under the floor beneath them. He <laughs> he opened the trap door to see Don looking at him. Then he vanished. The brave pilot continued to go down into the avionics bay and found a problem that could have caused a serious accident. Oh? So, I mean... Don and Bob. Yeah, they're looking out. They're looking out. They're looking out for these people. That's really nice of them. I love that for them. I hate that they're still stuck at work. Yeah, well, I mean, and I will try and remember this part later. Okay. When we start talking about the par- the other ghost. Okay. Okay. So, um, just remember, help me remember the pilot and the engineer when I talk about ghosts on the ground. Okay. Okay. So the reason people think these sightings were happening on planes is because Eastern Airlines reused parts from Flight 401 crash. Interesting. And installed them in other planes. That makes sense, though. Recycling. We love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it financially makes sense. Yeah. And none of these parts were actually, like... Parts that got ruined. Well, not... They weren't even, like, parts that, like, it wasn't, like, a window. Right. It wasn't, like, a wing. It wasn't, like, an engine. Yeah. 
Um, it was like, you know, the oven door. Yeah. For the galley. It was, I think it might have been like an elevator to the galley. Um, actually, there's evidence that there was a engineer panel, I think what's called. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess some plane enthusiast has it from oh, Flight gosh. 401. Why would you do that? Yeah. I don't huh. know. I would I, not. I don't need that in my why, house. Why do people collect creepy dolls that I don't are haunted? It, it's vague, you know? I don't know. It's intriguing, I guess. Like Lorraine Warren and her little museum of oddities that she like, she like brought home crazy shit. Yeah. And then like had a daughter in the house. Like that was. Yeah. I mean, Lorraine. Zach Bagans has a whole museum in Vegas. Yeah. That's silly. Why? Don't. Well, he probably has a museum so that he doesn't have to have it in his house. Right. Exactly. That too. No, Lorraine Warren kept it all in her house. Yeah. So, um, Eastern Airlines was trying to keep these sightings hushed to the point that someone was ripping out pages of the plane's logbooks or replacing the logbooks altogether. And logbooks were for flight crews to log in any weird scenarios that were happening during a flight. Mm-hmm. So, like... Like, I saw a dead guy, and he told me to check this on the thing, and it was... Yeah. We all could have died. Yeah. Or, you know, it could have been something simple as, like, hey, the batteries on this smoke detector isn't working anymore. It yeah. needs to get replaced. But, like, the, these logins, I guess, mm-hmm. were just totally getting taken away. Yeah. Um, also, flight crews were told that they would lose their job if they told their experiences to anyone. And the reason why these stories were getting out was because actually there's this book called Ghost of Flight 401. Mm-hmm. And there was a flight attendant for, I don't remember the airlines, like I want to say Northwestern Airlines or something, but they shared the same um, flight crew lodging areas. Uh-huh. And so she was hearing these stories in the lodge. Right. Lounge. Yeah. Like a dorm. Like a flight person dorm. Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. You, it's it's a green room. Right. I got it. We'll go with that. Yeah. It's a green room for flight attendants and crew and all that stuff. But she was hearing people talk about this in these, in, in these places. And so she started writing these stuff down. So that's why we have these stories, even though supposedly Eastern Airlines was, you know, So Eastern Airlines denies they ever reused parts from Flight 401. However, a chief mechanic claims that he got word from headquarters to remove these parts. And then after this happened, the ghosts stopped showing up on planes. So take that as you want. Interesting. Interesting. So the show Ghost of Flight 401 tested this theory. Steve Shippey? Uh, was able to find one of the windows. <laughs> My tongue never wants to work. Okay, Steve Ship- Shippy was able to find one of the windows of Flight 401. They did a paranormal investigation around that window, uh-huh. and they received an EVP that Ooh. said, "This is from the crash site." Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a n- no. They also used a SLS kinetic camera during this investigation and caught some images. So it does seem legit that spirits of flight 401 do hang around these items of the crash. Yeah. 
Um, like there, the whole plane became like a cursed object. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So like a screw from that plane could carry something. Yeah, it would carry a spirit maybe. It's infected. Yeah, but like the thing is, like, is it really a curse if these people are actually? Happy? Yeah, no, it's not a curse, but it's that's like, like the closest it's like word. Of- They're all haunted. The whole plane is haunted. Yeah, every piece of the plane is haunted. Yeah, um, you get your own guardian angel with each part of the plane. I guess. Oh. So, so this is my last section of the notes. Thank you for continuing to listen. <laughs> But not only have these spirits been located on planes and near parts of the Flight 401, mm-hmm. but they've also been known to be hanging out at the crash site, which is logical. Yeah. Of course. So people have heard a woman screaming. Air pro- airboat captains have seen faces in the water near the crash site. So, like, they would, like, just look over in the water and see, like, a face. And that's just really creepy. Oh, my gosh. Especially out have you ever been in, like, a really secluded, like, out on the water at night? I feel like I have gone on an airboat ride, but that was during the day. Yeah. No. So, the ex took me before mm-hmm. on the river at night in the boat. Okay. And, like, if I looked over and saw base in the river, I, I mean, I'm already scared. Yeah. Like, I'm already scared out there. Yeah. Because I I always get worried that I'm going to see, like, a cryptid. Oh, yeah? And, like, I don't think that I could handle that in real life. I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to handle seeing a bear in real life, much less, like, Bigfoot. See, I would be worried about alligators. No, I'm not worried about those because they're in the water. I'm in the boat. Yeah. But, yeah. So, well, like, not only that, but I feel like seeing a face in the reflection of water is, like, Closing the medicine cabinet and seeing someone in that mirror. Yeah. Oh gosh. Like, like behind you. Yes. Oh. Oh. Dude, I gotta go home by myself tonight. Stop. Oh (laughs) man. No, I'm all creeped out. Just get your neighbor to come back over. Yeah, that's what I have to do. I'm all creeped out now. Oh, I got like a farm there. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. The cats won't let anything get me (laughs) until they stare at a corner. Like a visible thing. Listen, I got an 80 pound pit bull and a dead grandmother, so I feel pretty safe. Yeah. Not only that, but like with all the animals, your house makes so much noise, and you can just be like, oh, that's just the animals. It, like, my creepiness comes like when I'm home by myself, (laughs) and Crow is, he's an indoor outdoor cat, and so Mm -hmm. he'll go outside for the night. Yeah. And then my kids aren't home, my husband's closing the store. And I'm literally at home by myself. And there's been times that, like, I've been kind of scared. Like, I've slept with the lights on <laughs> because I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I'm so scared. Like, if I even, like, open my eyes, I'll see something. Ooh! Anyway, okay. So, yeah, screaming and faces in the water. Yeah, that's a big old note for me. That's a big note. Okay, so this... This place is hard to investigate because it's in the middle of the Everglades and you have to have a boat, an airboat to go out there. And the terrain is dangerous. There's alligators, snakes, saw grass everywhere, which can cut you while you're walking through it. So it's not for the faint of heart, but I guess paranormal investigations aren't for the faint of heart either. So on the show, Ghost of Flight 401, 
Steve Shippey, a paranormal expert, and Cindy Keza, a psychic, went out to the crash site. And Cindy was hearing the woman screaming, like, mm-hmm. through her psychic abilities. And she said um, that the woman died, but the baby survived. Like, she was a mother. Aww. And she had her baby on the plane, and she died, but the baby survived. Oh, good. And so, well, yeah, good, the baby survived. But she's still, like, out there looking for her baby. Oh. So, like, she can't leave. And the woman doesn't want to be out there, but she can't escape either. Um, and then Don's spirit is still there. And she said that he, he feels like he isn't going to leave until all the spirits have left. Huh. Um, and he's kind of continuing his job by making sure the passengers get to their destination. And then Steve had a Geoport spirit box, which sounds really creepy. Have you ever heard of a Geoport? Okay. No. So it's like a spirit box. Right. With the... But not, no, no, no. It's not like that. Okay. It's like um, those plastic microphones, the toys. And you know how they echo? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's oh. like that coming through the radio. So it was really creepy. And the spirits were coming through loud and clear um, with statements with such as, help us, please hurry, Charles, uh, which there was two Charles on flight 401. Uh-huh. Trapped. Um, and when he asked if they were all around him, the geoport said yes. Ugh. And it's all like this echoey. It's like, yes, 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 yes. It was really flipping creepy. Ooh, no. I mean, when I first heard it, I was like, I kind of like the geoport because, like, it's, it's not, not the... the- yeah, it's not loud and obnoxious, but yeah. at the same time, like, that's really kind of creepy at the same time. Ugh. So, between Cindy being able to feel the spirits and through Steve's, uh, Steve's? Yeah. Steve's investigations, I do believe that the spirits of Flight 401 are still at the crash sites, which makes me really sad because they were just asking for help and they were saying that they were trapped. And I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Like, that just... It, it's a horrible place to have to be be at. And just, I think about, like, the mom who lost her kid. Well, she didn't lose the kid. The kid yeah. still survived. But she did. But she kid. didn't. So, and even Cindy was saying she saw the whole interaction. Like, she was dead and already a ghost. Mm-hmm. And she was following the baby. And she was seeing the baby was getting taken by someone wrapped in a in a jacket because the baby was naked because everyone's clothes got blown off and left. Mm-hmm. And so, like, she's freaking out. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. If I if I lose my kids for, like, five minutes in the Walmart, I'm freaking out myself. I know where my kid is right now, and I'm still freaking out. He's not with me. Yeah. Like, that's the worst part. So, um, that is where I'm going to stop. I would love to continue with this story because I believe that all 176 people on that plane deserves to be recognized. And there are more paranormal stories out there about Flight 401 that I would love to tell. However, due to time, I'm going to end it here. Because even if I spent like one minute for 176 passengers, Mm -hmm. that's over two hours. Yeah. 
And I would love to, like, just sit down because there are so many stories. Like, there was a husband and a wife who just got married. They were mm. coming back from their honeymoon. There was a, a a baby that did survive, and her parents did survive. Mm. And, you know, there was babies that also died, you know. There's, there's you know, so many stories and so many different backgrounds of people who were on this plane mm-hmm. that I, I wish I could. Yeah. But... I can only do so much in an hour. <laughs> well, actually, in half half of that. Um, so it's kind of hard to close at that point. But here you go, Dina. Go. Yeah. No, I. That's just the Everglades, man. I bet there's a lot of spooky shit that goes on in the Everglades. Oh, I will continue Ooh, with next episode. It's I'm not going to be Flight 401, but it is going to be something in the Everglades. Some more creepy shit in the Everglades. Because I feel like. The Everglades and, like, like the Grand Canyon. Like, big places where people really can't inhabit mm-hmm. are probably really good spots for, like, creepy shit. I could probably do, like, a whole season of episodes. I mean, we don't do seasons. Or we're not planning on doing seasons right yeah. now. But, like, I could probably do a whole season probably on, like, the Everglades because you have to think. Bodies probably get dumped there all the time, so that's true crime. There's probably cryptids in there. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, my gosh. I bet there's a bunch of Everglades true crime stuff. Yeah. <gasps> you know what other true crime thing you could cover? What? Tiger King. Tiger King? I might. You can talk about how Carol Baskin definitely did kill her husband. I might go into it. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure eventually I will. I mean, I can't keep on... Eventually, I'm going to start having to, like... Scrape the barrel. <laughs> yeah. Talk about Joe Exotic. Maybe he'll get out of prison. I don't think he will. I don't know why they would. Oh my gosh. Oh, what is the uh, the uh, um, reality star that's here in Pensacola? What? Uh, Todd. Yeah, Todd Chrisley. I've never heard of that person. Ever in my whole life. You've never seen that dude? No. Bring he- it closer. No, I've never heard of that person in my whole life. I don't. He, he's a reality star, and I'm trying to remember what his actual show is. Uh-huh. I think it's just, like, kind of, like, keeping up with the Kardashians, but it's with him and his wife and his kids. Oh, gosh, that's not But boring. he's in prison due to tax invasion, but it's Pensacola jail. Uh-huh. And um, it's the state prison because tax invasion. But he's trying to get out right now because... He says that the conditions at the prison are horrible. He was just like, there's, there's, um, you know, a pest control problem. Like, there's rats everywhere. and It's a prison. And, <laughs> and, and that, you know, it's 105 degrees in the prison. And, you know, and I'm just like, you're in Florida, dude. Yeah, it's a prison, my guy. I mean, I'm sure it's not 105 in the prison, but I'm pretty sure it might be 90. Yeah. Like, you're not going to die. Yeah. Though people have, not, not the one he's in, but like the city prison, people have died. Oh, yeah. But I'm pretty sure the state prison is like a couple steps above the city prison. And they're rebuilding the city prison, aren't they? No, they already did. Oh, oh, oh. But. People look, already died of the new one? I Well, they're keeping the old one open, too, because it's so overpopulated. Oh, yeah. So people are still like living in the older one even though they got this newer one 
And so, yeah, people are dying. Oh, my goodness. I forgot what happened. There was, like, a fire there or something during a hurricane or a storm. It, Pensacola is a dumpster fire, and I could probably do a million episodes on just Pensacola. <laughs> but we don't have time for that. So, thank you for joining us. You can catch us here every Monday, where we will continue to talk about true crime, paranormal, metaphysical, and new age shit while getting high. We also have... Oh, no. I didn't read what I wrote. I wrote what you wrote. I read what you wrote. Well, you can do whatever you want. We also have an Instagram, the Spooky Stoners Podcast. That is Stoners with three Zs. If you'd like to contact us about your personal true crime or paranormal story, or if there's a subject you'd like us to cover, you can email us at the Spooky Stoners Podcast at gmail.com, but we won't read it. Again, we that might. is Spooky Stoners <laughs> with three Zs. I mean, I did check the emails today. And we had, like, one email from one of our podcast platforms that basically was like, good job, you loaded an episode. <laughs> like, that's so, that's literally our email. But you could try to email us, but we I might not pay attention to you. <laughs> or we will. We probably will. We will. Because I check my email on Sundays when I edit. That's, oh. that's when I do, like, that's when I listen to our episode. For our one listen a week. <laughs> and uh, that's when I... That's when I check our emails normally. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I do check the emails, but there's nothing there. Anyway. So, yeah. Yay. Email us. Follow us on Instagram. Do your thing. Let us know that you see us. We want to be heard. We see you. We see you. Lindsay. And Dina. You don't listen to our podcast. Oh. Not Dina. Nadina. Just, hi, Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Thanks, Lindsay. Night, y'all. Bye, Lindsay. <laughs>